Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate as commercial surf parks open up all around the world. I'm your host, Brian Dickerson, editor at Wave Pool Mag. And together we'll explore this amazing new landscape by talking to the dreamers, developers, engineers, and everyone making the space happen. These are the personalities who are defining the breadth and scope of artificial wave making today. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. Our guest today is Angus Forrest, marketing manager for Rip Curl Australia and New Zealand. We've invited him onto the podcast to talk about Rip Curl's presence within the wave pool space. The brand was one of the first to embrace surfing in a wave tank and uh, super curious and just want to find out how that happened and where they plan to go with it. So Angus, welcome to the Wavepool Mag podcast. Thank you for for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm stoked to be part of it. It's great to have you on because uh, Rip Curl has been really uh, integral to the uh, growth of wave pools and surf parks. It's probably the one surf brand that's been there since uh, day one, where you go to some place like The Wave and see Rip Curl wetsuits and such. And today I'd really like to find out more about the, the brand's approach and why Rip Curl is embracing wave pools and the wave pool space a little more than uh, some of the other brands. While a lot of the surf brands are holding them at, you know, arm's length in some cases, uh, Rip Curl has, has jumped in, jumped into the deep end. But before you do that, Angus, let, let's learn a little bit about you. Can you share with us some of, some of your information? Absolutely. I've been at Rip Curl for about four years now. So prior to this, I was in advertising agency world. So I started my role at Rip Curl as the global marketing production manager and then now as the Australian New Zealand marketing manager been a surf my whole life. I grew up on the beach on the Mornington Peninsula, a small little town called Point Leo, surfing every single day. And yeah, that's a little bit of my background. <laughs> okay, right on. And, and the move from production to marketing, how did, how did that happen? Uh, that was more working with my boss at the time. I've always strived to be more in a marketing manager role. Being in production, I had a lot of background of that from agency world as well. And I think, um, yeah, I'm really happy where I am within the marketing manager role because it gets me to be working with partners and team and sponsorships and digital marketing teams and just get a wider sort of diverse group of people within the marketing sphere, I guess. Yeah, and and the brand itself is really key in Australia. If for our listeners who haven't been to Australia, Rip Curl is is basically everywhere. It's it's ubiquitous throughout the the coastal zones of Australia, and even in you know the Brisbane airport and other airports, you'll 
see rip curl shops. While I was there on my last trip to urban surf and surf lakes, I, I was really kind of struck by that. Do you have any stats off the top of your head? Like how many stores are there? <laughs> so within Australia, New Zealand, there's about, so we have a mix of own stores and also partner stores, but there's a bit, there's about 50 stores within Australia, New Zealand. So really great coverage across the whole east coast of Australia, but also a really good footprint in Western Australia and South Australia. We have a couple of stores there as well, and then New Zealand as well. So, um, yeah, we've got a really, really great sort of mix of stores throughout the whole region, and it's a really important region for us because that's where we were born, 1969, down mm -hmm. here, exactly where I'm sitting in Torquay. So, yeah, it, it's a fantastic position we're in within the country and within the region. So it makes so much sense to partner with people like Urban Surf that we've been partnered with for, it's been about three years now, which has been a fantastic partnership with those guys. Yeah. So I noticed that. Let's let's get into, into partnerships at uh, Surf Park Summit in October. I led a panel on surf marketing and, and wave pools. And basically, it, in a nutshell, the, the, parks are ready to to embrace brands but brands aren't quite there they don't really know what to make of wave pools rip curl seems to have a different approach went to the wave when they first opened there were rip curl wetsuits in melbourne you know rip curl is really prevalent could you could you give us a little background about your strategy why is rip curl in the space absolutely so our vision as a company is to be regarded as the ultimate surfing company and that means we need to be where surfing is. So when wave pools sort of an opportunities with wave pools come up, we're on the front foot to want to be part of that new experience of surfing because it's been such an evolution to the sport in the last three to four years and absolutely no doubt over the next 10 years it's going to go even crazier with the amount of wave pools in production. So, yeah, we've, we've actively sort of been on the front foot and seen where opportunities are we bring a bit of a stamp of authenticity as well to the surf community and we work and the partnerships we're in, like you've said, with The Wave and with Urban Surf and many other sort of around the world as well. It's been a really great partnership of also being able to test our technical products in this new environment that's never really existed before. So, yeah, and yeah, we, we sort of see that as our strategy of just putting ourselves where surfers are and being that sort of top of mind when you think surf, you think rip curl. So that's sort of a bit of a background on it. So, so how does that work exactly? Do you have, I mean, I notice uh, if I rent a wetsuit, it's a rip curl wetsuit in, in some of these parks. So how does that look for a brand like rip curl? Like where is your presence in retail in hard goods? Where are you within the surf park space? So within the surf park space, Primarily our first point of call was wetsuits. So when those people are experiencing the wave pool for the first time, maybe surfing for the first time, we want them wearing rip curl wetsuits, being one of our best out sort of categories. And then we also work really closely and it comes down to an agreement basis with whoever we're working with. They have retail spaces. We'll make sure there's an exclusivity in there. And we work really closely with those guys on working out how those deals are really sort of great for both parties as well. But primarily wetsuits has been the first step for a lot of us, but we're also looking at different opportunities for retail spaces because 
at our core, we are also a retail business who are very well trained within that space. So where we see the opportunity to partner with Wavepools, who they're great at running Wavepools, we're great at running re- uh, retail, um, it, it will work. It, it's basically a really nice partnership in that space as well. Okay. And is this sort of an extension of recently the uh, Rip Curl Pro Urban Surf was announced, the QS1000 event? Is this part of that strategy? It is a bit of part of that strategy. That was something that came really organically with our our partnership that we have with Urban Surf and we work really closely with the guys there and we love competitive surfing. There's an absolute there's no um, no questioning that with the amount of support we put behind the WSL and the events that are out there and it's as, as well as our team. So and as the, the sport progresses, we want to be there and where there's opportunities sort of there and they work for both parties. We're absolutely on the front foot and taking those opportunities. So, yeah, the, the Rip Curl Pro Urban Surf in I think it's about a week and a half now um, will be a mm. great sort of introduction and a really great one of testing how wave pool competitions can work differently again because it's obviously a very different wave to uh, the surf ranch in the US and the way that the, the CT has sort of been run. There's a lot more variable variability i guess with the waves which um we're excited Mm -hmm. to see have you worked on changing any of the wave settings or the approach i mean i know rip curl has run grom searches in uh waco and then in urban surf are you doing anything to the the waves at urban surf for the upcoming event to make it a little more interesting for fans yeah so that that that's less from our end that's more urban surf sort of driving that a lot more so They've had some great developments lately with their latest airwave that they're sort of um, holding on to, but also for things like Grom Search. So we we did work with them a little bit, but it was more driven from their end of how that we could make sure that we had that highest level of performance possible within the wave space without just making it just barrels because, again, the repetition of that would make it, one, very hard to score, but also very hard to sort of differentiate between the surfers. So, um, yeah, it's it's probably more developed with our team riders as well. Quite a few of our team riders work really closely with wave pools around the world and will be invited to multiple sort of uh, sessions and tests and things like that to see how they can further develop the waves to make sure they're still leading edge for performance. So that's probably more of the case. It's more led by the pool but in conjunction with us as well. Okay. And and to that end, are you um will you let me kind of derail you from uh the <laughs> marketing straight line here and, and what was your impression of the Surf Ranch Pro? How like watching the CT event as a as a surf fan who loves all things surf. First like the first time I saw it, it was incredible. I think it was, like the first first year was like really interesting, but by year 2 it was just so repetitive and I think the dwell time between waves, it just it just lacked excitement for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people uh, shared the same sentiment. So how are you overcoming this within uh, the, the Rip Curl Pro at Urban Surf? So it's, it's something that's going to be run on dual sides. So they've got the left and the right. And 
they'll be actually running at the same time. So the way the technology works, it basically pulses a wave at the same time. So from a broadcast perspective, which is going to be predominantly the people who are going to be seeing the event, there will be nonstop action. Like it will, as soon as the, the right goes, then they'll slip and flip over to the left as they're regenerating for the next set. So the dwell time between waves will be far less. And But also, as I sort of said, like, the wave itself isn't as predictable as something as a surf ranch. So we, we're, we're anticipating there'll be a lot more variety in surfing and approaches as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds exciting. I can, after being too urban surf, I can kind of visualize that and uh, see, see it working. So how about is the WSL announced that there will be more events. Is there anything you can share with us? Do you have anything in the pipeline to to work? No, I don't have anything at this stage, no. So I'm sure over the next next couple of or next couple of months there'll be a lot more conversations, but nothing at this point. Okay. Okay. And that's not just uh protecting like, oh, we can't talk about it yet. <laughs> no, I I generally don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So I, I, I'd like to touch on why did Rip Curl decide to embrace wave pools? Because that's kind of the big question. And and you touched on it a bit at the beginning of our conversation. But how, why wave pools? Because I know a lot of the brands were like, oh, they're kind of kooky. You know, it's going to be Rick Kane. If we, if we go into wave pools, it's not going to be core. We won't be seen as core anymore. You guys embraced it from 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 day one. Why why is that? I, I feel like when there's opportunities like big innovations within your sport, you need to be on the front foot with those sort of things. Like from right when you look at opportunities, even from a product standpoint, of being able to be on the front foot to develop new products that work better in wave pools compared to salt water, but then also it comes back to again our vision of being the ultimate surfing company and to be able to say that we are and we are driving and thriving towards that we need to make sure that we are where people are surfing and if there's going to be this whole community and there will be this massive community of people who maybe only surf in wave pools then we need to make sure our brands there otherwise we're missing a massive opportunity but also, in the same breath, we, we want to stay true to our roots and to our core. And one of the other things we hold so closely is the search, being sort of the brand sort of ethos that sort of drives us forward. And I think we, we at this point, like we have a really nice uh, line between embracing the search and getting out in the elements and finding and discovering new waves, but also the search to someone in inner city Melbourne could be heading out to Tullamarine and surfing at the wave pool so it's making sure that we're, we're we're evolving as surfing evolves and making sure we're making uh, making the best of opportunities when they arise so you you mentioned the company's technical aspect are are you currently working on any pool related products because there is a divide i mean wetsuits obviously you have to rinse out the salt water but you don't need to do that in a pool if there's chlorine, it's horrible on a wetsuit. Are, are there any technological uh, explorations for products on the pool side? Yeah, ab- 
There absolutely is. So the team are working really closely and they do development days up at the pool to see what we can do to make sure that our products best suited for the environments that they're in. So that's about all I can share at this point. But, um, <laughs> yes, rest assured, it, yeah. we are working on it. Okay. and But it is a really interesting space. I noticed that when going to the Wave in, in Bristol, everyone has the dry, dry robe over coats, which is, you know, the big looks like the NFL yep. football, you know, sideline gear, which is, is pretty much technically perfect if you surf one session and then you're, you're going to rest for an hour and go back in an hour and surf and you don't want to get out of your wetsuit. It's it's perfect to keep you warm. So are your yeah. uh, developments along those lines um, outside of the pool or just wetsuits within the pool? If you can give I, away that much, please. <laughs> both. <laughs> so we, we okay, want to make okay. sure that we've got you sorted with everything when you're on the exactly like you've said you've had a session you don't want to get out of your wetsuit you've got an hour to kill you want to stay warm you don't want to start shivering but then mm -hmm. also within the pool and looking at how our products can last longer and be more technically attuned to the environment it's in exactly as you said neoprene like neoprene wetsuits in chlorine are not a great combination like it's it's no secret there so we're looking at how we can sort of keep evolving in that space and i'm sure there's lots of other companies out there in the same space as well okay and what about as as you go into this i know so much of surf current surf marketing is built on the uh you know sunny day at the beach kind of vibes the pool space is quite different there there are surf parks doing a great job like palm Springs surf club who just has kind of like a fun crazy day at the pool Kind of vibe is rip curls image within the pool as it ventures further into the pool space how do you bridge core salt with you know chlorination yeah it's an interesting question i, I still feel they're not too dissimilar we're still surfers mm -hmm. at heart and i i think especially at this stage there's still such a great connection between the ocean surfer and the pool surfer that there's most of the time they're the same person. They've got the same aspirations as well of that dreamy day down at the beach with no one out there. So we've done actually some shooting at the um, wave pool as well. So we've done some campaign things as, as well, which is a really interesting space just from this goes back to when I was a bit more of the production manager side of things. There's so many less variables at play, which makes it sometimes a lot easier than picking a location to go for a, a photo shoot. So there's a whole lot of different ways you can approach it. And from a marketing perspective, it just opens up a new realm of opportunities. And we've seen some great surf clips and things coming out from wave pools constantly. So, and sometimes the viewership and the view rate on wave pool aerials compared to ocean aerials is like for like. So it, it's a really interesting space and it really, it more brings out, I guess, the progression in surfing in a different way as well and how, from a marketing perspective, you can make sure you're sort of capitalising on both, be best in ocean and be best in pool. Okay. And uh, so within uh, the pool production and pr producing video, you have the wonderful uh, benefit of being able to set up shots and know where the sun's going to be and not have to worry about a sudden fog bank that kind of thing do you see the brand in their production 
clips get, I don't know, getting a little more creative, breaking out of the the standard, uh, you know, shoot from the beach format for, for content? Yeah, absolutely. We've been having lots of discussions about that and how we can, you can really tailor-made and construct shots that you want to get to make sure it's unique and different. So, yeah, I won't get too creative because that's not my job. <laughs> I'll leave that to the creative <laughs> director. But, um, right. yeah, so I've seen some really fantastic ideas. And, again, with our partnerships that we have with different wave pools around the world, every time we speak to them about all these things, they're always up for it because they want to show their pool in a different light and get it up front within some of those, uh, like our company's marketing and communications as well. Okay. And with it, so going back when you mentioned our pools, can you can you give us a list of, of where Rip Curl is present in the surf park space? Yeah, sure. So currently here in Australia, we're at Urban South Surf Melbourne and we have an agreement with their Sydney park, which is hopefully going to be opening next year talent of next year you've mentioned the wave in bristol we're part of surf town in munich which is opening in 2023 in the u.s we're part a wetsuit partner with the surf ranch and also palm Springs surf club which is opening next year and then in brazil we have less of less less formal agreement with them but we work pretty closely with the guys at praia da drama um i hope i said that right so we've done quite a few yeah drama there you go quite a few We've done the Grom search there and we work really closely with the surf school that works in there as well. So, yeah, there's quite a few there and I'm sure there's going to be more in the future because it's, by the sounds of things, it's there's wave pools popping up left, right and centre over the next six to ten years. So where the opportunity is right, we definitely look at partnering with those crew as well. So there's a that that's an interesting point you mentioned Brazil and uh, last week we announced that Gabriel Medina is has a uh, handful of pools he's opening throughout Brazil using the endless surf wave technology. As a rip curl team rider, is there more room for development within that? Like a one of your team riders having a bespoke wave pool, is rip curl just in automatically or? Will you say I'm not really phrasing this correct correctly? Does that does that help you get into the space? I'm sure it can't hinder us. So <laughs> we haven't had any conversations with with Medina on that as far as yet. But um, yeah, I, I think if we've got team owners opening up and sort of investing in those things, you'd hope that we'd be one of the first people that they'd come and speak to and look at the opportunities. And we've got some great case studies that we've worked with uh, other pools, but there's nothing in their contracts to say they have to go with this, that's for sure. Okay. And uh, let's take it a step further as we evolve as the space grows and expands and more parks are opening up. Do you see in the future, kind of like here in California, they'll have the Van Skate Park. Do you see a Rip Curl Wave Park anywhere down the line? I wouldn't say in the near future. At, at our heart, like, and how we are positioned and sort of strategizing this at the moment, we'd rather build partnerships with the wave pools around the world and be that preferred partner of showcasing our technical products and potentially running the retail portion of it. It seems that there's a lot more, like we're not equipped at this point to be able to run a wave park. So I don't think we're going to be going out and building our own wave park and licensing the technology to do that. So. 
that's not currently part of the strategy to do that no okay so right now you're the parks are shouldering that work and you guys are are in there i went to the groundbreaking in munich for uh surf town mm-hmm. munich you know there's there was the buzz like oh rip curls gonna be here do you do you want to talk a little bit of how that process happens it must be incredibly competitive park opens up and you know other brands want to get in there but um you guys are in in there how did how did that happen i can't speak too much uh, about that specific example but how the process essentially works is we have a lot of connections around the world which is fantastic and a lot of the people developing these pools all come from the world of surf so it's often through a connection and then there's the whole bidding process so everyone will submit and it'll be a, a, a likely quite a few brands submitting their proposals of what they can bring to the table and and a lot of the time as well examples of what they've done with other partners to try to help put the case forward that you're the the best partner to sort of uh, work with and we've got a lot of positives within our business that we own our own wetsuit factory and we have the ability to be able to repair wetsuits really quickly as well so because often that is the first thing they're looking for is wetsuits because it's so paramount to wave pools because of the flu- the the water temperature can fluctuate so much as well mm-hmm. so down here in melbourne it can go anywhere from 11 degrees up to 28 in the middle of summer and it can change within 12 hours so making sure that the customer experience is as good as possible is really paramount to these guys okay well let's let's talk a little bit about that uh wetsuits are the anchor of your of your brand so what are some of the stressors that a wetsuit comes to i know i've gone to wave pools and worn a rental wetsuit and the managers apologize oh we're at the end of the season you know so we don't have a lot of choice or you know they're they're worn out what happens to a wetsuit when it's worn you know five times a day for six months (laughs) yeah i can't get into the exact details i'd probably need to bring in the wetsuit team and they work really Mm -hmm. closely with our partners as well of looking at how and what's exactly sort of happening with the breakdown but I can, we're looking at solutions at the moment and even interim solutions of the best way even to wash wetsuits and the, te- the, the products to use to try to help stop that sort of, because it, it's usually the seams that sort of start to go first so you get quite a lot of leaking. So things like that to help sort of bring the and keep the life of the wetsuits for a little bit longer. We do here in Melbourne as well and here in Torquay, we repair so a lot of the suits and often a lot of the suits are used for beginner surfers we found and just simply out of not knowing how to put wetsuits on properly you can find yourself getting a lot of damage done as well within that space and stretching and putting feet through it and all that sort of jazz so we do a lot of repairs on things that we see come back that isn't so much about the chlorine but about the use case sometimes as well Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's who would be using the wetsuit is someone who's not been putting one on all their life. Yeah. So that, yeah, that would create a different wear, wear and tear scenario. Interesting. We, we've covered quite a few things. Is, is there something 
I've missed and and my questions that you would like to uh, bring to the discussion right now? Uh, Probably the last thing would sort of just be one of the key things like is having a mix and that we see from Ripkel's perspective is having that understanding and still having that ultimate respect for the ocean. And that's something personally I hope doesn't degrade as wave pools become more prominent and you have that surfer who maybe has never surfed at an ocean but they still like I, I hope that that lives through that they have that respect for the ocean and the environment that we're in and making sure we're doing the right things to look after these beautiful places that we want to surf and also just the wider environment I think that's an important thing is as well with wave pools that they're made in a sustainable manner and they have all the right pieces of the puzzle to make sure that we're staying on the front foot. Okay. And, w- and within that, there is a lot of discussion about simply by the act of surfing that you become more environmentally conscious. Do you subscribe to that? I think you do because we're probably some of the first people to see the effects of things like coral bleaching and here in Australia, we've had some crazy, crazy rain over the last two years and it all sinks back to and you can't go in the ocean because you'll get ear infections or you'll get sick or for so many unfortunate people, their houses near the ocean have been flooded. So um, I think as a surfer, you do see the effects a lot faster and you can see when they're changing really fast as well. So I think there, there is some truth to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time too, is, uh, surfers with so much that we owe the environment to maintain that responsibility as, as we go into the the wave pool space, which immediately on the surface seems contradictory, but you look at it a little deeper and energy use and cement use, and it's on par with an ice skating rink or a home depot construction. The details in terms of materials that surf parks are using in terms of energy sourcing that surf parks are using there is another opportunity for you know like a lot of brands have created environmental case scenarios within their products there's there there's room for surf parks to do the same thing yeah which which is encouraging yep and i think that's that's probably the next couple of evolutions with wave pools and the technology they're using and the way they're generating their power and all that sort of jazz it's that that's that's a great sort of piece of the puzzle that I think they're still working towards. Excellent. Okay. As a, thank you so much for joining us. Before we sign off, though, I'm going to put you on the spot. I like to do this with my guests. And you get out your crystal ball. You look into the future. It's 10 years from now. Where do you see the surf park space? Say you're in, if you're America, I'd say St. Louis because it's the middle of the country, and I always use that example. Uh, say you're in Alice Springs, <laughs> and they, they've had a wave pool for, for the community for a while using uh, sustainable underground water. So <laughs> what do you see the future looking like 10 years from now? It, it's amazing how much it's changed in the last three years so to think what's going to be in 10 years is going to be pretty crazy and pretty excited to see the level of surfing and the progression of surfing that's going to be enabled from the wave pool and wave pool technology for sure and also it's going to be really interesting to see where the the best surfers in the world are coming from as you said they could be 
coming from the middle of Australia or middle of they could be coming from Munich. Uh, we should could see people on the tour who started surfing in Munich and then all of a sudden they're one of the best in the world and they've been able to transition to the ocean and where even competition surfing sort of takes itself as well. So it is a pretty crazy to think where it could be in 10 years. And to my point earlier, I think I really hope that there's still that intrinsic link with the ocean and the environment and wave pools is almost like a facilitator, not the be all and end all in surfing. So it's a really interesting space and I, I think I think it's gonna be great for the sport from participation perspective. We'll have more people surfing, more people understanding surfing and more accessibility to surfing, which is just exciting because we all love this sport. That's why we do what we do and well we get up in the morning and get out there before work and after work and all the rest of it. It's howling southeasterly and you're still out there. So yeah, it is exciting to see the, the growth of the sport and hopefully wave parks can really facilitate that and keep pushing it. Well, thank you very much, Angus. Thank you for for joining the program today and for lending your insights into the space and particularly the background of uh, Rip Curl being involved in the space because every time I go to a wave park, boom, there's Rip Curl. <laughs> <laughs> and it, um, we wanted to find out how that happened <laughs> yeah it's been a good journey and we're excited for what's to come next as well so yeah thank you so much for having me brian and we'll chat soon okay right on thank you angus <laughs> <laughs>